0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner, and I apologize if I don't sound like my normal self. I'm battling a little bit of a cold right now. Hopefully it'll pass quickly, but uh, it's been kind of annoying. Just I feel okay. Energy's fine. I've still been able to get my workouts in, but just you know, one of those like little nagging colds that is uh, not the best to deal with. But anyway, I'm getting this episode in because I've got an important topic to talk about. And this was something that was asked to me by one of my clients, and I thought it was a great question, and I wanted to do a whole episode on it. So the question was, when do you think it's appropriate to move to intuitive eating? Um, And she also asked like what that process looks like. So for somebody who has been tracking macros or is even new to just You know, paying attention to their nutrition, uh, when is it appropriate to try to switch to an intuitive approach? And that's something that I thought would make a great podcast episode because there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, you know, if you think about how we evolved as humans, intuitive eating wasn't, you know, this was just, we didn't even have to label it because that's just what we did. Uh, you know, in as we evolved, it was, there were periods of time where food was pretty scarce, and so fasting was kind of normal. Uh, there were times where, you know, you would have more food available, like if you had a successful hunt and there was a lot of food around. Uh, so there was times where we ate a little bit more, and depending on the seasons, obviously that would determine, you know, what kinds of foods were available and when. Uh, we didn't really have to think. It was just about survival. So it was very, you know, kind of straightforward. Uh, now, obviously, the food environment is vastly different. And it's presented a whole host of new problems that we never really had to deal with. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of people who push intuitive eating. And I think that it's kind of like the gold standard. It's obviously, uh, you know, to go your entire life, tracking every single thing, like weighing and measuring every single thing that you put in your mouth doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But we also have to understand that the food environment and just our lifestyles now are incredibly different than they were back then. When intuitive eating, it was just a whole different set of problems. So if we look at the food environment now, obviously we went from periods of time where food was scarce to possibly you know, having to go days without eating to now it's it's just this overabundance. there's food literally everywhere you know and I'm talking about you know in the states um, you know obviously I know that there are other countries that um, don't have that fortunate situation that we have but you know right now um, you know and I'm talking obviously anybody who's listening to this and most of my clients we are in a situation where food is not only available everywhere but it's Basically, an abundance of food everywhere, so we don't have to worry, you know, very much about starvation. That's not something that we really have to be concerned about on a day-to-day basis. Um, and the actual composition of the food is way different. So now we have food that was engineered to be overconsumed. We have hyperpalatable foods that were specifically designed to kind of hijack our natural signals of satiety and to make us overindulge. And you've got, you know, billions of dollars being dumped into this industry of food engineer and design, basically from the flavor to the sound it makes when you chew it, uh, to the texture, to the, you know, uh, ratio of fat and sugar and salt, and all these things that go into it. We have people that are way smarter than us <laughs> engineering this food because they want us to keep eating it they want to make money they want to turn a profit like there's a reason why there i can't remember what food it was but the slogan was i bet you can't eat just one there's a reason for that because there are really fucking smart people who are designing that food with the sole purpose of overconsumption and i saw something with uh i believe it was doctor pepper and they had gone through something like 75 Different flavors of Dr. Pepper to find the one that was the most likely to have like this certain flavor on the front end, and then this kind of aftertaste that made you want more. So it was like they went through all these different iterations to find the one that was the most likely to cause you to have to continue to drink more and more. Um, so yeah, we're we're in a, a different food environment to say that you know to to put it moderate you know modestly basically. Uh, it's difficult to just listen to natural signals of satiety when you're eating mostly processed foods now somebody might think oh well then i'll just eat only "quote unquote clean foods or whole foods or you know whatever you want to call it basically you know food that is not processed or minimally processed and then i can just kind of intuitively eat um, and that's great in theory but there are a whole other set of issues with that, Uh, mainly with our lifestyle today. So one of the best ways to interrupt your natural signals of satiety or, you know, to to kind of distinguish between true hunger and true fullness and cravings and all of that stuff is if you are overly stressed. Uh, Now, if we think about the act of eating is a parasympathetic activity, meaning, you know, rest and digest. So obviously, digest is in that Phrase. There's a reason for that because, uh, you know, it's supposed to be done in a relaxed state, which is not super common. If you think about, you know, people who are constantly just grabbing breakfast on the go and then running to work, and you know, eating standing up, and you're kind of like just shoving food in your face because you're you're strapped for time, uh, or. There's all this stress going on. Like, even if you are at home and you are sitting down, you've got, you know, TV on all these distractions, kids, spouses, like arguments, whatever else is going on in your life. Uh, it's typically pretty rare to be in a true relaxed state, which can interrupt those signals of, you know, hunger, craving, satiety, basically what we want to be in tune with when we're intuitively eating. So the other issue is obviously, you know, we don't want to be overly restrictive. So to say, you know, I'm never going to eat processed foods, uh, you know, we're only looking in that scenario, we're only looking at food for, you know, the, the value, the nutrient value, but there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, food is celebration. It is emotional. It is pleasure. There's a lot more to it. And so to say, you know, I'm never going to eat certain foods, then you know it can create some psychological issues as well. So obviously there's, you know, there's some issues when it comes to intuitive eating. So what I like to, to do is have people track macros for a certain period of time to create an awareness around food. Uh, you know This is a new thing that we have to deal with. You know from an evolutionary standpoint, we never had to deal with that. but now we do because of the food environment, because of our lifestyles. So it's almost like we've become disconnected with our ability to intuitively eat and tracking just creates an awareness. It's like taking inventory. You get a sense for portion control. You get a sense for the composition of your food, you know, knowing what, you know, what makes you feel a certain way. Uh, Do you have any digestive issues with certain foods? Do you, you know, feel sluggish after you eat certain foods? It starts to create an awareness. And gives you an understanding of what's in your food, and I think that you know portion awareness is is huge. It's it's really important, and it's something that you know if you ever go out to eat, restaurants have just continued to make their portions bigger and bigger. Uh, you know, we kind of live in this country where it's like more is always better, and you know you know we get. Supersize and king size, and everything is like, how much more can we add to one serving? So, being aware of, you know, calories in in certain foods and, uh, you know, macros and, you know, what is a protein? What is a carbohydrate? What is a fat? uh, And then connecting to how certain foods make you feel. Um, I think another important part of the process is, you know, when we talk about, oh, I'm just going to eat clean foods and I'm only going to eat whole foods. Well, you can overconsume whole foods, you know. You can overconsume stuff like nuts very easily or even avocado or olive oil. If you think about, you know, fats have 9 calories per gram, you know, and and there's nothing wrong with any of those foods. They're they're fine. They have, you know, avocado has a lot of micronutrients and and so do nuts, but if you look at a serving size of nuts and how many calories there are, it is very easy to overeat. And just creating that awareness around, you know, portions and, you know, calories and how you feel eating certain foods and, um, that sort of thing. I think it is a really important, uh, thing. It's an important process for everybody to go to just to create that awareness and that understanding and to start reconnecting with those signals. And, um, you know, again, when we, when we consider the food environment that we're in, and our lifestyles, having that awareness is so important. It allows you to, you know, Understand what your body requires, what makes you feel your best, what makes you perform your best, and then you're, you can make decisions for yourself. And just the more information that you have, the better decisions that you can make. Um, that doesn't mean that we always have to go through life tracking and weighing and measuring, but at least we you know can then start to eyeball portion sizes because we do have that understanding. We've been doing it for a while And now I can look at a portion and understand, you know, what that calorie, you know, calorie number might be, or, you know, the macro composition. And, you know, I know what, what my needs are for my body. And you almost become like a a metabolic detective in finding what feels best for you. And then you're able to make those decisions for yourself. So how to transition, I think that, you know, it takes some time tracking macros and having that awareness and understanding portions and under, understanding you know the impact that stress has on your you know intuitive signals and that sort of thing and then just making a gradual transition you know taking a couple days that you you don't track and see how you do you know what are your triggers what are your outlets and then again you know just trying to gradually transition so maybe you start with Two days untracked and then three, and then you move to a week and then you move to a month and, you know, take it as a slow process the same way that you would build up your positive habits with nutrition. You know, you don't just jump in and try and tackle everything at once. We meet you where you're at. We take one thing at a time and we build up solid habits. And it's the same transition to intuitive eating. But I think there is a process that needs to happen. I think it's difficult nowadays to just jump in and think that, you know, you're going to be in tune with your body signals and understand what feels best for you. Um, and there's different strategies. So, you know, that's not to say that every single person has to track macros right now. Like it depends on your situation. But in general, I think it's a valuable thing for most people to go through. So I would love to hear your thoughts. If you can send me a message on Instagram, it's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And I will talk to you all next time.